Hey, it's producer Michael Miracle here with a quick word of thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. It's folks like you who make this workplace movement work. That's why we strive to highlight great authors and experts who bring phenomenal insight on how to bring Jesus into your workplace. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers, and together we'll make the I Work For Him mission a success. Thanks again for listening. Let's start the podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work For Him today as we really span the globe today with our conversation. I understand as you're tuning in, whether you're listening live in the radio or listening live online, or you're listening to the podcast or the rebroadcast on Red Nation Rising, however you're hearing our show today, just know that we've prayed ahead of time that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper in your faith. And the conversation today may go, wait a minute, my faith? What do you mean by that? I, I just, you know, this show's not a political show. It's a show just trying to help us be better equipped in our workplaces. But, you know, our workplaces are impacted by politics all the time. And we need to understand that delving into politics in a conversation in the workplace, it's volatile. Not a great way to lead somebody to Christ. In fact, that's a great way to scare somebody else away from Jesus. But it's still good to understand and and notice the things that are going on around you. It's important that we know what, in the current events, how it's impacting our lives. And under our current president, sometime this weekend, there's 100 days uh, under President Trump. And everybody's got an opinion about leadership. So we thought that we'd talk today about leadership. Everybody thinks they've got leadership figured out. Everybody thinks they got President Trump figured out. I think that there's no way anybody's got either of those things figured out. What have the first 100 days been like? What great things have been done to further conservative Christian policies in our country? And maybe what's been missed? We're going to talk about some of those things. You know, how has the president led? How has the president not led? What could he use to work on? How should we be praying for our president and his staff? How has he, our president, brought glory to God with his job? Yeah, or maybe sometimes has he brought some glory to himself? You know, what's important that we remember is that President Trump has surrounded himself with more Christian, solid Christ-following advisors than any president in the last 70 years. And we need to be praying for those people that they have an influence over our president and that not that we get caught up in political conversations in our workplaces because that will detract from our witness, but that we understand what's going on so that we can help people understand. Because if, if you listen, well, let me just welcome our guest first. Today we've got Mark Pearson. He's the CEO, the president of Nepsis Capital, one of our major I Work For Him sponsors. Mark runs an organization. In fact, Mark is running the, he's also a radio talk show host. He's got the fastest growing financial radio talk show in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And he's on the Salem Network up there. Mark Pearson, welcome back to I Work For Him. Jim, thank you for uh, having me, and thank you for all those nice words, Uncle Jimmy. Yeah, my mom told me to say all those nice things. <laughs> Your mom always loved me. <laughs> is that what those words that she said meant? I is that what she maybe said? It was your, maybe it was your father. I think my dad liked you. Yeah, my, my mom always goes, Jim, why are you hanging out with Mark again? Are you sure? Are you sure that's a good idea? I'm not, I'm not sure it's a good idea. Oh, man. Hey, so, Mark, today we're going to talk about 
the last hundred days. I know it's it's like nine, day ninety eight or something like that today, but we're going to talk about the hundred days. But I really want the perspective to be, hey, we're all in our workplaces. How has what been done in in DC impacted? our faith? How has it impacted our workplaces? How has it impacted our economy? How has it impacted us personally? How has it impacted you as a, as a, uh, uh, a guy that's managing investment capital for, for thousands of people? It, there's, there's so much misinformation out there. I mean, if you listen to one television network, you'll hear that, wow, Pro, uh, president Trump's got more accomplished in the first hundred days than any president in the past history. Uh, but if you listen to the other networks, you think, He's he's a disaster, and you know the, right. the country would be better off without him. And so I want to be careful we don't go political, but I want to make sure we speak truth today. Sure, that, that's really important. All right. Yep. So before before we get into that conversation, though, okay, here you go. A little prophecy coming up here. Mark, you're a successful businessman. That's already true. You're a father. That's already true. I've met your kids. You're a husband, and soon to be a grandfather. <laughs> Easy there, young Padawan. I know, Alyssa. Uh, uh, you never. You know what? When I was writing out the questions, the Lord told me to put that down. So you have to call Alyssa and find out if it's true. How do you keep your relationship with the Lord fresh each and every day, as well as you man- managing the relationships with your your wife, your kids, and all your employees? Well, that's a good question. First of all, being a follower of Jesus is not easy. It's not meant to be easy. Uh, and uh, we've always all, said it ain't be, it ain't easy being you. You always you know, say that's, that. That's see, that's very true. Uh, and there are ups and downs in life. And frankly, in my own life, uh, I can't believe I have to pinch myself every day in terms of how blessed I really am to have the family I have, to have the uh, success and the friendships and, and all, the, all the other worldly things that are great. But the reason why you have them is because of your faith and obedience in Christ. And, you know, the, the one thing I always tell people, uh, is that God could take it all away from me in a heartbeat. Uh, it could be gone in a blink of an eye. And uh, it's extremely important to understand that the things, the successes we have, and no matter what we do, they come first from God. They are gifts from God. They're blessings from God. And we need to continue to be obedient and thankful for that. So every morning I start out by reading the Bible. Uh, I, I start my day by praying for every single person in my family, as well as praying for others. And uh, I believe that um, it's important that you start the day that way. For me, it is. It's important to start that way, uh, to be in a routine uh, that doesn't get boring but is consistent and starting the day and giving it to God. And I think that's probably the main reason why I have the success I do. Well, it's important. People don't know you as well as they know me. Certainly listening on my show. They, they know you listening on your radio show there in Minneapolis and St. Paul, but you move right. as fast or faster than me. So to take that time first thing in the morning before we get going is hard because we like yes. to get up and get running. We want to go. I mean, there, there's times of waste in the minute that we get out yeah. of bed. Well, I'm an OCDer, so to a certain extent, so I'm all about routine. I, I like routine, and so I wake up at a specific time. Uh, I literally, I don't get out of bed. I lay in bed and I pull the Bible out and I read uh, the devotion Bible verses for that day, and uh, and then I and then I I move on to my 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 regiment for the day. Um, but you're right. Uh, I think the the key for me has been, and it's not necessarily the case for everybody, but it's about consistency and it's about a routine. And I think when I miss a day where I don't read. Uh, I miss it, and I really feel like my day is a little bit off kilter. And so uh, I think setting 
good habits. You know, they talk about successful people. Setting good habits uh, is extremely important in everything that you do, that, and it should enhance your ability to be successful. So talk about success as the fastest-growing financial uh, radio show in Minneapolis and St. Paul. You're on our sister station in Salem, uh, Salem sister station up there in Minneapolis-St. Paul, KYCR. Is that 1570? Uh, Well, 1570 is their wellness channel. Uh, 1440 is uh, the Wall Street Network. So it's part of the Wall Street Network, and it's 1440 a.m., uh, of course, you can get it on iHeartRadio by searching out Investing for Success with Mark Pearson, and uh, you can listen to it there as well. Every day. That's what I... Every day. I, I, it's every day. I mean, you're on the same... I mean, you're on in an hour after we get off the air today, which is fantastic. Yeah, except I'm cheating today. I'm, I'm, since I'm on your show, I got a couple other things I have to do, so I'm doing a best of today. Uh, all, full disclosure. In full disclosure. <laughs> all right. So what do you talk about on your radio show? Sure. Well, the title of the show is Investing for Success, and of course, it's the Wall Street Network, so we primarily talk about uh, certainly our experiences, my experiences, and over 20 years of the business of being both a financial advisor as well as a portfolio manager, and talking about some of the mistakes that investors make. We talk about the markets. We talk about trends. We talk about uh, basically anything and everything that pertains to enhancing an investor's ability to be successful or more successful in their investing and planning process. We occasionally also talk about, you know, investing for success is about your investments on a business channel, but we also talk about the idea that uh, success uh, in investing for success also includes investing in your family, investing in your faith, uh, investing in people, investing in things that you believe in, because many people view investing as money. But the most precious, uh, the most precious asset we all have is time. And so, how do you leverage your time to be successful? And you make investments in your family, you make investments in your workplace, in relationships, and it's all those things that we talk about to help people enhance their ability to be more successful in that process. As you can tell, Mark Pearson is an expert in this and has been doing it. Good grief. He's, he was talking about it when we were in high school, but he's been doing it for a lot of years. We need to understand the culture that we operate within. We need to understand the thought processes. And, and never before in my memory has a presidential election so divided our country. Never, never before in my memory has a presidential election so polarized people, even in their neighborhoods, their workplaces, but we need to understand the truth. We live in a world today that was written about by George Orwell back in the 30s, where we don't necessarily hear the truth from the media. We don't necessarily hear what real truth is. We need to explore what the real truth is. We know who truth is in Jesus, but what is really going on in the presidency? What is really going on in Washington, D.C.? We all know. And we should be praying every day for the people in Washington, D.C., because there's so much opportunity to be corrupted there. But I brought in a financial markets expert, our major show sponsor, Mark Pearson with Nepsis Capital, is here to share some of his divine wisdom that he's been given from God to talk about the impact of the markets based on what's going on in the first 100 days of President Trump. Mark Pearson, as you look at those 100 days and you look at the impact on our conservative values, our religious freedom, what, what give me your opinion on the impact of President Trump and the markets in the first 100 days. 
Well, certainly the markets, it's been very positive. Uh, I remember the night of the election, uh, there's what's called the S&P futures, which uh, gauges how the market's going to open on the following day. And the night before, when it was pretty much determined that Trump was going to win, and then once it was <clears throat> deemed he won, the S&P futures crashed, basically showing the S&P, I think the number was like 500 points. Uh, it was it was a big 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 drop, and um, and you know of course people were getting all nervous, and all of a sudden the futures started moving higher, and then uh, ended up the next day the markets closed up, and uh, I think there's a there's a there was a couple things that were going on. I think the media, and I think many people thought that if Trump was going to win the election, that uh, the markets were going to go into haywire. And the interesting thing is now they've done directly opposite of that, and they've moved quite a bit higher for various reasons. Uh, but the bottom line is there's no question that the Trump presidency has had a major impact on the markets, and I believe will continue to have major impacts on the markets in a positive way going forward. Well, let's talk about the stuff that was released yesterday, because a lot of people listening to the show today don't necessarily understand the significance of the, the tax cut proposals, the tax right. modification proposals, the tax rate modification proposal that was right. released yesterday and the, and the night before. You know, if you listen again, if you listen to certain media outlets, that's a disaster. There's no way it'll have a, a sure. help to our economy. And then other media outlets going, this is what Reagan did. This is going to be incredible. Sure. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, what's your opinion? I mean, they're talking about reducing tax rates all across the board. To right. Why would they do that? And what do you think the impact will be? Well, okay, so uh, it's my opinion that if you reduce taxes and you do some of the things that they're doing, uh, it will have a, it'll have a dramatic impact on the economy. You know, people seem to forget that we've been in a very slow-growth economy, below-trend growth economy for quite a few years. And um, if you take a step back and just kind of take a common-sense approach to this, um, over the last eight years, and this is not a political position. This is just a financial position. There are two things that have happened fairly dramatically over the last, over, over in, in Obama's um, uh, presidency. One, number one was there was an immense increase in regulation. When you have an immense increase in regulation... And let's clarify, you, Mark, let's clarify that, because when you say immense, people think, well, you know, you added some regulations. But we're talking that the regulatory um, burden that was cast on our society and on business, I mean, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of new regulations put out there, weren't yes. there? Yes, yes, massive. And I experienced them personally myself. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of new regulations put in place, and companies you know, have to hire people to work through those regulations to do the things that were required by the federal government. Uh, and this is included also in the banking system because the banking system was faltering during the financial crisis. So a lot of banking regulations were put in place. A lot of health care regulations were put in place. Uh, corporate, you know, there was just a lot of regulations across the board. And so any time that you, you know, I always call it the pendulum effect, Jim, with people when I sit down and talk to people about markets and investing in economies. Uh, historically, we have a tendency to go too far to the left. We have a tendency to go too far to the right. And any time you get really too far in one direction, you're going to have an exaggerated effect in certain areas. And in our case, we went so far to the left on regulation 
and taxation that you, this is why you saw subpar growth for so long. Right. So if you go to the companies and say, look, instead of costing 25 or 30 percent, and you know they're talking about a 15 percent uh, corporate tax rate right now. <clears throat> By the way, we're the only country in the world that double taxes corporations. Corporations get taxed twice on profits. So well, what, and we need to explain. Let's let's take it let's take it down sure. a little bit because as people sure. listen are going, wait a minute, Jim, why am I listening to this on I work for him? First, we need to explain that. Corporate, you said corporations are taxed twice. They're taxed yeah. on their earnings, and then they share those earnings with with their shareholders, and then those shareholders have to pay taxes. Correct. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, there's right. So you have yeah. So corporations fall under different taxation than the, than we do as consumers. So to keep it simple, the bottom line is that as a country, we have had. Uh, more taxation, and we have had more regulation. Anytime you pull that back, you are going to somewhat, to, to, you know, theoretically loosen the noose, so to speak, and you're going to allow businesses to make it easier to do business. And at the same time, when you put more money in a consumer's pocket, they have more money to spend and to do the things that they would like to do. Right. Now, the, 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 the things you mentioned yesterday, the list that came out, um, it is politics. You know, nobody really knows when it's all said and done what will eventually pass. And there, of course, is always bargaining going on. There's always negotiating going on. And my take is that yesterday was nothing more than throwing the, uh, you know, the bobber into the water and see what bobs and what right. doesn't. Right. And well, the bottom line is, I think when it's all said and done, we will have a better tax system. We will be taxed differently, taxed less, and and we will also see regulation uh, start to come back a little bit. Well, and let's explain that. To, we got a lot of people that are that that work. A lot of people in Tampa Bay work for small businesses, and, yep. and there's people listening to the show. People listen live or here in Tampa Bay, and then people listening to the to the podcast or listening across the country and around the world. People right. that, if you understand regulations, regulations strangle business, and right. there have been. I mean, and you talk about one of the most strangling regulations in most small businesses across the country was healthcare. I mean, it was it yes. was devastating. We talked about that yesterday with yep. a couple of people from Sedera Health, and, and so just to get a perspective on that, but. People People listening are like, okay, less taxes—that's good because that means I'll have more of a paycheck. Um, and, no question. That, 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 and that's a simple—that's a simple positive thing. And the regulation thing, when, when President Trump said, "Okay, hey, here's a new rule: uh, no new regulations unless you get rid of two. One new one, yes. but you got to get rid of two. But there's still thousands of them that need to be get, gotten rid of." But the GDP, you know, our gross domestic product has been, as you talk about, slow growth. Really, it, it was even in the late President Bush years all the way up uh, up to now. You're, you're looking at GDP has been 1%, a little bit less than 1%. Right. Are, the stuff that President Trump is doing, is he going to – is that going to let that start to grow again? Do we have a, do we, is that what that's yeah. going to happen? Well, my opinion is, and there's theories across the board on, and certainly <laughs> and I'm not an economist, yeah. but you know, there there are theories of why different things happen. I do think it's pretty interesting that you know many people think, of course, that one of the reasons that the, our economy got stymied the way it did was because of NAFTA, which was basically a trade agreement uh, between the United States and other countries. And I do have a belief that the United States has probably been taken some a fair amount of advantage of from other countries. You know, we do really live 
in the greatest country in the world. Uh, God has blessed this country immensely, and it's uh, it's the most diverse economy in the world. Uh, it's got the most diverse culture in the world. Uh, it's got the most diverse resources in the world. It is really, from a country standpoint, uh, has been has been built from the foundation up from the forefathers very very well, and so at the same time the United States, because the U.S. dollar, our currency, is considered, you know, the safest currency per se in the world, it gives the United States a lot of flexibility. As as NAFTA happened and as other policies were put in place here in the United States from a regulatory standpoint, it does hamper. Uh, competitiveness. And in order to be successful around the world, there's two things, Jim, I believe you have to have. You have to have strong education and you have to be educa- and you have to be competitive. And, uh, the United States, because of some of the, uh, regulations as well as some of the, the treaties and other negotiated agreements between the United States and other countries, uh, has had an impact on economic growth. Without right. question, yep. and, and I think Trump's going to help fix that. Well, and, and let's look at the the impact as it rolls back down. You're a small business owner. You yes. how many employees do you have now at Nepsis? Well, I have 15 employees. Okay, so when you look at at running a small business, and you're out of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, which is a phenomenal area. It's not it's not super expensive to live in. It, the right. wages are decent. The weather's a little rough in the middle of January. Um, <laughs> a little. <but laughs> a little. I miss, I miss it every day. Don't brag about the do. snow or the cold. Don't brag about that. I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> uh, but when you look at... It, those the cost of employees. Do you have any idea what your cost to have an employee has gone up in the last eight years because of regulations? Um, I don't because I don't get into that. I don't get that specific. The way we run our business, um, it, it's a little bit different. Our cost for insurance has certainly gone up. Uh, our legal fees have gone up. Um, there's no question on those two things. Taxes have gone up. Um, the actual percentage or dollar amount, I don't know. I'll give you a great example, though. Um, we own a building, and last year for expansion, I bought another building in the same um, off office complex that we're in. And uh, when I bought the first building in 2007, the process was very quick in working with SBA to get the building loan and get it done. When I bought this building, it took probably two to three times longer to get the transaction done, and my legal bills were exponentially much higher, uh, thousands of dollars higher. And the, uh, the process of doing that takes a lot of time. It was, it was, that's a great example for a small business in the stuff that you have to jump through that makes yeah. it very difficult to focus on being profitable. It's crazy. Dr. Mark Pearson is with us today from Nepsis Capital. The doctor part is only, he's not really a doctor, but when you look at the wisdom that God has given him on how he manages capital for people, has he managed assets for people over the last 20 years? Uh, he really is a doctor in his field, although he doesn't have the degree to put behind his name, but he bought the, he bought the certificate online for $25. Mark <laughs> Pearson with Nepsis Capital. Welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> All right. So uh, apparently one of the questions I was asked by a listener during the break, I didn't hear this today. I, I just missed it, that they announced the GDP numbers right now. They're just still 0.07. They're not quite even 1%. Yeah, so what, this morning. Well, what's the deal with that? I thought things were getting better. 
Well, so, okay, great question. Uh, GDP was at around 0.17 first quarter. Uh, typically, first quarter GP, GDP is lower than the rest of the year. That's usually the slowest, slowest quarter. You know, you're coming out of the fourth quarter with the holidays and the such. And so for, first quarter GDP is historically pretty low. Um, and secondly, yes, things are getting better, but it's a process. Uh, there are very few things that happen immediately. Uh, one of the common mistakes we talk about uh, on our show, Investing for Success, is uh, people expect immediate results. Uh, people become impatient. They, they think short-term. Where strong uh, companies, strong investments, strong economies don't change overnight, there's a process that has to happen. It takes time for things to change. It takes time for things to be implemented. Uh, what you hope and pray for is that the leadership who's making those changes uh, are doing the right things, are getting the right counsel and the right wisdom to do that. And I do believe that's happening. But it'll take a little bit of time for that to happen. And that's, that's what I, I mean. You look at the first, it's not even been four months, and they had to tackle – uh, a, a monstrous undertaking, bringing in an entire new staff uh, right. to uh, to be a president and, and surround. I mean, he's, he's still got people in his cabinet that haven't been approved yet because well, people are yeah. standing in the way. I mean, I mean he's, come on, give the guy yeah. a little bit of a break. Well, politics is a lot like investing. Uh, both of them are. There's two things that are very very common between between investing and politics. They both are covered very heavily in the media, uh, and they both focus very heavily on the emotional aspect as opposed Ooh. to the factual aspect. Right. And so that's a, that's, a, that's a problem with politics as well as with investing. All right, so let's talk about the factual aspects of the presidency right now. Uh, the impact on our faith, on, on the Christian culture, on the Christian influencing culture. What are some things that President Trump and his administration have done to help protect, um, really, the, uh, uh, our religious freedom in this country? Well, certainly, uh, some of the people that he is, impo- uh, he is appointing, uh, some of the people you mentioned earlier about on his council who are believers, he's surrounding himself with believers. Uh, you know, we as a human race are, by nature, emotional, and we can get very emotional. And uh, when you look at some of the things that President Trump is doing in terms of where he is seeking counsel, not everybody agrees with all of them, and you're never going to agree with all of them, but people he is surrounding himself with, along with his standing up for religious freedom, as well as him standing up for the military, these are foundational beliefs of believers here in the United States. And those type of small things, Jim, they don't have to be big things. Small things can very quickly change the emotional position of of uh, the American people. Well, and enforcing laws. I mean, that's one of the things that that you, you hear a lot of people like. Well, gosh, all this he, all of a sudden now we're 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 deporting people. I'm like people. All he's doing is enforcing laws that have been on books that past presidents have not enforced and it's not just president obama president bush did not deport a lot of people either uh, and it's, and, <laughs> and so it's Correct. understand it these are we're throwing people out of the country that are that have can that that are here illegal but that have also convicted of crimes let's well, get rid of these people yeah i i think look there there is clearly whenever you swing so far to the left now you're swinging to the far to the right and you're getting a populist movement not just here in the united states across but also, the world across the world and so uh, people are saying you know enough is enough 
uh, and President Trump is doing some things that is basically drawing a line in the sand and saying there's a new sheriff in town and we're going to uphold the law and we're going to, we are going to protect our people, period. And so I think for a lot of people here in the United States, uh, that is a changing of the guard. That is a different viewpoint. And uh, frankly, I think it's a very healthy and very good viewpoint. When you look at his leadership style, it's one that uh, I don't think any of us have ever seen displayed from the presidency before. Certainly, we've never had a Twitter president before. Uh, Correct. The, the, <laughs> Correct. And, and, you know, what, what's your perspective on, uh, you know, we know President Trump has said he, he's not a Christ follower. He has said that, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't need to apologize to anybody. But we also know he surrounded himself with a lot of really quality people yeah. that, that, have, yeah. that are Christ followers, solid, solid Christ followers. What do you think of his leadership style and how that's impacting us and our workplaces? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Two things. First of all, uh, we're, we we call it here at Nepsis Capital, which means ultimate clarity. We're all on a road. To, we're all on a road to Nepsis. We're all on a road to ultimate clarity, which of course is sitting at the right hand of Jesus when we go to heaven. Um, and so God is continually working in Trump's life, regardless of what his belief system is today. Uh, and certainly surround himself with believers is tremendous. Um, when you when you ask the question about how do I think he's doing, the one thing that many people don't really think about is the difference in leadership in corporate America and the difference in leadership in politics. They are two very different cultures. And for your listeners who have worked, for an example, in a large company, and then go to work in a small company, or vice versa, or one who works in corporation and then goes to work for the government. They are two very different cultures. They are two very different worlds. And the knock on Trump by a lot of people was, this is a business guy. He's going into politics. He's not a, he's not a politician. He's not a yes man. I think these are great things. I, now, I don't agree with everything Trump has said or done, both on a personal level and on a governmental level, but I will say that the one thing I like about him is he is consistent, and he is, he, his major goal is to do what's best for the American people. Uh, he talks more and more about helping the American people than the last two presidents that I can remember. And I'm sure they were out for the American people, don't get me wrong. But I think Trump's leadership style is crass. Uh, I think it's direct. <laughs> you think? Maybe you yeah. think so? <laughs> um, and, and, and you know what? That gets a lot of people uh, irritated. But I also think in some ways we've become very mamby-pamby in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I personally think that it's about time that someone's in office who is willing to stand up and stay standing up without compromising. When you add believers around him, counseling him, my hope is that they will teach him, and he'll get better at this. He's a smart guy. He will get better at leading, and he will, be, he will soften in how he says things and what he does. And you're already starting to see that. Sure you are. Absolutely. Uh, but, but he's a smart guy. The one thing I think the government really ultimately is, Jim, is that it is a business. It has a profit and a loss. But we, over time, have ran the government very differently than corporations. But ultimately, they have the same goal in hand, to serve their shareholders and be profitable in the process. 
We just haven't done it in 50 years. I mean, or yeah, well, certainly done it in many, years. many years. Yeah. Correct. Well, and when you look at his business skills in negotiation, you know, immediately after he got elected, he pulled us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Yeah. Uh, and, and which was totally, as I read it from lots of different perspectives, it really was a, it, it really put handy, it was handicapping us as a country in our exports. It, it was oh, helping, it was helping the imports and hurting the exports. But oh, then his, his comments a few days ago, Hey, we're pulling out of NAFTA. We're done. This is stupid. We're done. And then he comes back and says, well, maybe we can, the, the, Canada and Mexico says, well, maybe we can renegotiate it. That's all he's doing. He's a phenomenal negotiator. That's the, the exactly boy. what, that's <laughs> what people don't understand, Jim. You're dead on. He is all, all he is doing, just like the announcement of the tax stuff yesterday, it's called positioning. All he's doing is positioning. And when you're in negotiating, when you're trying to negotiate things for your best interests, it takes positioning. And I, yes. I think you're dead on on that. Yeah, and sometimes you just got to walk out of the room. I mean, how many times have you, you negotiated <laughs> on a car or a house or a business and you're like, Sorry, I'm done. You start walking out of the room like, wait, 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 wait. I mean, I mean <laughs> you and I saw. My wife walked out of the room once when I was negotiating over $50. <laughs> yes, I'm sure we've embarrassed our wives. Yeah. You know, we, we both sold used cars for a lot of years just for fun on the side. And that was, yeah. maybe that's something you'd like to tell people. But, uh, it's, I don't care. But, but people, they, they, they try to figure out. We always worked on a pretty tight margin, and people were like, well, no, I'm not. No, you got to come down more. I'm like, no, that's the deal. That's the deal <laughs> yeah. we're offering. It's just yeah. like the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, when exactly. You, when you look at the greatest accomplishment, for President Trump in these first hundred days, what do you what do you put as number one? Uh, I um, frankly, I think his number one accomplishment is rallying believers back together. Uh, I think that as a country, I think a lot of people are relieved. Uh, I think a lot of people are um, excited, happy about Trump being president. I uh, I would say, ironically, his leadership has been his number one accomplishment. And it seems diametrically opposed to what we just talked about, but leadership comes in many different forms. Right. And in order to have success over time, it's a process. And as part of the process, you have to start with a foundational component. And I think that the first thing you have to do is to get people on your side. And I think we as a country, this is part of the reason why you talk about attitudes in, in the office, attitudes around, around people you're with. The attitude to me seems far more uh, uh, relaxed by people. Uh, people have a sense of hope. Things are going to get better. And they're generally in a better mood. That type of thing comes from a form of leadership. And I believe that is probably Trump's biggest macro accomplishment. Well, see, um, I, I look at some of the smaller things. I love the Supreme Court justice that actually wants to abide by. You I, know, he's I a, was just going to say that. Well, yeah. you didn't say it, so it was my turn. It's my radio show. <laughs> uh, you know, the but the, but that he put a conservative that actually wants to abide by the Constitution. I'm hoping and praying that he's not another John Roberts, but yes. that but that somebody that really just says he's an originalist. What did the Constitution say? What are we supposed to do? Hey, and he wants to uphold laws because we've got judges in California that are activist judges. They're not only activist judges. They're actually judges who are actively being activists who keep shutting down President Trump trying to enforce the laws, which is what judges are supposed to do is enforce the laws. So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of, lot of problems there. What do you think? What do you think really quickly is President Trump's biggest gaffe so far? 
Oh, boy. His biggest gaffe. You know... Uh, uh, setting aside Twitter. Yeah, I, I would probably say... Uh, pro- well, on a macro level, I would say he, he, he talks too much. <laughs> it's spoken from two guys who talk too much. <laughs> exactly. I think he, he has a tendency to be a little bit too flamboyant. Uh, I think humility is the spice of life. I think uh, if he was humble and he was godly, I think uh, that would go a long way. And I think it was the healthcare thing, trusting, trusting the existing House leadership to give him a bill that was really what we all wanted when it wasn't anywhere close. But that's yeah, but my opinion. That's not done yet, though. I understand, I but the first swing it just made him look stupid because the first yeah, swing was a true. miss. That's true. All right, well, we, yeah, another phenomenally fast-moving conversation today with Mark Pearson from Nepsis Capital as we talk about the impact of President Trump's 100 days on us in our workplaces, on our families, really on our everyday lives. You know, Mark, President Trump has passed a bunch of executive orders, some of which have been rejected by the courts and some of which have gone through. What do you think his most powerful executive order has been that's impacted really the country in a positive way? Uh, well, I, um, I'm kind of biased because I'm in the financial services business. Okay, what's he done uh, to help you guys? Well, I think um, he's already put in executive orders on regulation in the financial services business. So there is a, uh, there's a new rule coming out called the DOL uh, from the Department of Labor. It's referred to as a DOL ruling. And the ruling on the DOL was to dramatically alter the financial services business. And it really made a massive, massive wave, uh, game-changing wave in the financial services business. And he put the kibosh on it. Um, now, most people believe it will come back and there will be some changes to it. But this, is, this was something that was, you know, when you think about how big the financial services business is uh, and the impact of it, uh, I think that was a massive, big, big move. And it's not one that most of your listeners will be familiar with or know about. It's not an area where most people focus on. Uh, but the, what, what was institution, instituted in the Obama uh, presidency and what it was going to do to the financial services business was going to have dramatic cost effects, dramatic quality of product effects, and dramatic service effects. And uh, he put the kibosh on that, so I think that was a big one. You know, and I, frankly, I, from a personal standpoint, I love the fact that he cut off funding from the United States for paying for abortion services and abortion education across the world. That we yeah. were that we were paying we were yes. paying to promote abortive services yes. across the world. We were paying yes. for that. And nobody yeah, that knew. was one of the first ones. I forgot yeah. about that one. That was one of the first ones he did. Right. Um, yeah, that was big. Just irritating stuff. All right, as you look at the future for Nepsis Capital as a result of the President Trump, uh, the the Trump administration, how do you see it impacting you? Uh, as a business owner and you in, in the work that you do, and, and I really want you to put a plug in, you know, you got Nepsis advisors, Nepsis, uh, your advisor Nepsis network advisor is all over, yeah, advisors are all over across the country. How can people, I know people can find you online at nepsiscapital.com. How is this, how has all this stuff affected you? Well, certainly because we're a money management firm, we, we uh, you know, we are compensated for fee for service. And so, uh, as the economy does better, as the markets do better, 
that increases revenue for our money management business because we're paid on a percentage of assets under management, just like any other money management or mutual fund type company. So the president's things that he's doing from a regulatory standpoint, as well as from a tax standpoint, certainly are going to be very beneficial for the markets, and that should benefit the financial services business, particularly the way our business is structured. Uh, it should be very beneficial for us. Now we've always we've been growing substantially year over year for a while, uh, but certainly this could expedite that process for sure. Has anything been done, you know, regulations or anything passed that is making your life harder as a business owner? Oh, great question. Uh, well, there have been some things as a business owner as it pertains to, te- you know, health care, for an example, uh, and taxes. But from a business standpoint, we've created our business in a manner to be very, very flexible and transparent. So even this DOL ruling that went on, it actually would have benefited our company tremendously. But I would say the biggest thing that we had to deal with is all of the regulations in the financial services business, all the filings that we have to do as a firm, uh, all the disclosures that we've had to do as a firm. Those have been the things that have been costly to us. Yeah, and time-consuming, time-consuming and costly. Oh, now, you know, I, I mentioned right before the break that I thought one of the biggest you know, gaffes that President Trump did was was swinging and missing on this health care phase one. Do you think he's got something better under the belt uh, for oh, phase I, two? without question. It's hard not to make it better. Health care costs are so bad right now, so out of control. Here in the state of Minnesota, we were one of two states that we're going to see between a 40 to 60% increase in health premiums in 2017. <laughs> How could they possibly go up that much more? My, my premiums were going to go up. My premiums were going to go up approximately seven thousand, eight thousand dollars. Unbelievable! With less coverage, Mark they don't Pierce, have a choice. Mark Pearson with Nepsis Capital. Find him online at nepsiscapital.com. Thanks for your support of I work for him. Thanks for your friendship, Mark Pearson. Have a great afternoon and a Thank great you. weekend. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you. Hey, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, it, you know, if you really want to understand what's going on around you, you got to surround yourself with people that are studying this stuff all day long. That's where Nepsis Capital comes in. These guys study it all day long, and he's got an advisor network of people around the country that that's what they do. They understand, and they help you understand before you make your investments. It's just a phenomenal organization. You've been listening to our work room with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We hope you enjoyed the show today. We hope you recognize your workplace as your mission field, but recognize ultimately, I work for him.